You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Today we're going to conclude our fall series uh, that we have called, Is This the End? And uh, then again, we'll be heading into mission season and looking forward to that. Over the past several weeks, we have been studying prophetic literature, the apocalyptic uh, type uh, scripture from God's word. Uh, we've it, It's called eschatology. And uh, really the messages have been very informative and uh, more uh, uh, more information based, especially for me. This is all new. It's been new for me. And uh, I've never studied the signs of the time like I have in the last... Uh, and a half, or the rapture, the antichrist, the abomination of desolation, the tribulation, the great tribulation, uh, which is the second part of the tribulation, uh, the second coming of Christ, the day of the Lord, the, the thousand year reign, all of those things. And I just want to pause here at the beginning and just remind us that when we study uh, end time theology, uh, there's a there's oftentimes controversy or debate. You know what's what. Uh, you know can be misunderstood. And there's a difference between essential theology, like the virgin birth, the blood of Jesus, the Trinity, those types of things. Those are doctrines we hang our hat on, and we will fight for those things. We're going to die for those, so to speak. But when it comes to non-essential doctrines like the end times, uh, like eschatology, uh, the types of things we've been studying. We're not going to fight about that. And we do not break fellowship over the non-essentials. And so I just wanted to remind us of that, that it's important to, to keep in mind. And we always want to bring it back to Scripture because it's where in Scripture that we find hope. And we believe that there is hope when we talk about the end times. And in fact, it's because of hope that we would spend time looking at the end times, answering the question, is this the end? And the idea, the reason we ask the question is because of the Great Commission. The idea that we are reaching one more. And that is our priority. And we've been focusing on Mark chapter 13. And you can uh, get your copy of God's Word out to, to follow along with me. And in Mark chapter 13, there are eight warnings within that one chapter. And half of those warnings in regards to the end times come in the last two paragraphs that we're going to study today. And uh, today, it's really, as we wrap up this message series, it's a message about our readiness. How are we doing? And are we ready to meet Jesus? And in that, these last couple paragraphs, there are two parables, two illustrations. And let's go ahead, without further ado, and look at the first one about the fig tree. It's in Mark chapter 13, starting in verse 28. It says this. It says, From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts its puts out its leaves you know that summer is near so also when you see these things taking place you know that he is near at the very gates truly i say to you this generation will not pass away until all these things take place heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away let me pause here just for a second 
What's happening here is, is Jesus is finishing up answering questions about the end times. And uh, sometimes people look at this particular lesson, the fig tree, and try to bring some analogy. And, and certainly you can do that. Uh, it, it, and it may mean more than meets the eye. But I really prefer a straightforward perspective. Let's keep it simple, especially if it fits. And it certainly does. And when we talk about the fig tree, uh, the, la it, the fig tree is the last one to sprout in the spring. And a fig tree is very predictable. It's late to blossom. And when it does blossom, what it means it is a clear sign that spring has passed and the summer is here. Now let's pause here. What Jesus is doing, he's making a parallel. He's talking about the end times. And he's saying, hey, the end times, the signs of the time are like a fig tree. The same with the signs of Jesus' second coming. It's that simple. But some people get hung up on verse 30. Look what verse 30 says. It says, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. And let's talk about that for a second. In fact, one of our students, the Bogards are on right now, and, uh, and one of our students asked me at my house a couple weeks ago about this verse, saying, hey, what does this mean? And my initial uh, comment to Ryan was, I don't know. I said, I'll study this. I'll, I'll get, kind of get my mind around it. Um, it certainly does not appear to mean the original hearers, uh, the Jews there, because they did not see the things all come to pass that Jesus was talking about. It also does not seem to concern the last generation of people who will live through the tribulation because that only represents a part of a generation with a typical generation is 40 or more years. So what does it mean? Well, as I dug in and looked, the word generation can be interpreted a race or an ethnic group or a family. And the thought that the chosen nation, Israel, God's elect, right, would be preserved to the very end. And I really like that possible interpretation. But the big picture here is really the fig tree. And that's where we really want to uh, make our focus. And the big takeaway is just like a person can watch a fig tree and know that the change of season is happening, so can a person through the eyes of faith and uh, they can see the signs of the second coming. Now, when I say that, some people ask the question, well, why hasn't it happened? Well, with that, I want to turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. In 2 Peter chapter 3, it, uh, verses 3 through 10, we're going to walk through that real quickly. It, we see that there will be people that will question the second coming of Christ. There will be people who will make fun or will act like they don't care or they'll be naysayers throwing cold water on the topic and saying, hey, it hasn't happened and it will not happen. God can't do that or he wouldn't do that. But let's look at what first or 2 Peter 
Peter chapter 3 says. It says, above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. Why would people make fun? Why would they uh, say all the negative things? It's really out of their sin nature, in other words. It says, they will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. In other words, they're saying, look, there's no change. And maybe this reminds you of, of some, maybe even your own story. Maybe you've heard your grandparents talk about the coming of Christ. Or maybe you've heard others, uh, you know, co-workers or family members. Or maybe you've heard your parents say, you know, the rapture is going to happen or the second coming of Christ. But it hasn't happened. And, and the idea here is that there will be scoffers. And then in Peter here, uh, he goes on and he, he describes creation in verse 5 and then the flood in verse 6. And, but really when we get to verse 7 and 8, it, it, it answers the question, why hasn't Jesus come? Look what verse 8 says. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. In other words, there's the, the idea is that time is irrelevant to the Lord. And then he goes on and he describes why he hasn't returned. Look what it says. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The reason Jesus hasn't come is because Jesus is wanting everyone to have a chance. He is reaching out for you. The fact that you're tuning in today, maybe you shared this with a friend or you, you will share this, and, and they need to hear the gospel story. The reason Jesus hasn't come is because he's slow. Because When it seems slow, is because he's patient with us. He wants you to know. But then verse 10 does remind us, but it says in the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. It reminds me of what it says in Mark 13 verse 31. Back to our text. It says heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away. In other words, you can take Jesus to the bank. You can trust his word that he will do what he says he will do. Let's move on to the second part uh, of the, uh, the parable, the, the second parable in our story today. Uh, verse, uh, verses um, 32 through 37. And really when we get here, we are seeing the second parable, it's about warning signs. And when I think of warning signs, I think of fire drills or, or uh, sirens in your city for a tornado. Uh, at noon on Fridays, we hear a siren roar and it's, a, it's just a, a test. But the warning signs, it's almost like a car with a, you have a fuel gauge. And if you ignore those warning signs that your fuel is about to be gone, you are going to be stranded. How many of you have ever been stranded like I have? I more times than I like to admit. But the idea is that there are warning signs, things about God, Jesus coming, and we've got to be aware. In fact, when we read it, this is, is all about being ready. Look what it says, starting verse 32. But concerning the day or the hour, 
no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And then listen, listen to how the, the words here are, are screaming to us. It says, be on guard, right? Keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servant in charge, each with his own work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, again, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, that's about three or four in the morning, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I'll say to all, again, stay awake. If I was in person, um, I certainly would make a big deal of this. Uh, stay awake. Uh, I'm preaching, right? Uh, but the idea here is that Jesus is talking to his disciples, but not he's talking to more than just the disciples. He's talking to each and every one of us to be on guard, to stay awake, to be awake. It does beg the question when it says you know, that the, the uh, master would come in the middle of the night uh, or when the rooster crows or early in the morning. What about that? That happens at night. When's the, when are you most likely to fall asleep? In the darkness, right? And there's certainly a parallel here from my perspective that you could look at those that are struggling with maybe the season that we're in. Maybe there's a season of depression that you're in or a sickness like I am with COVID-19 or a season of financial trouble where things are tough. Or maybe you've lost a loved one. We lost uh, someone from the church uh, just this last week. Uh, Ron and Shirley Dukes, uh, a dear couple. Uh, we love them so much. Uh, but Ron slipped into eternity earlier this week. And, and that can be so difficult. That it, it's, it's like the dark night of our, of our souls. And maybe you're in a season of discouragement. And, uh, and the idea here is don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. And, and, and not only don't give up, but be busy doing the work of the Lord, sharing the good news. Be, be awake. Uh, stay alert. Be on watch. Be ready. That's what the Lord is saying. In a parallel passage to Mark chapter 13, uh, we see in Matthew 24 a similar discourse. And in Matthew 24, it's followed up with another story. And I want to look at it just briefly. In Matthew 25, uh, so the next chapter, uh, it's the story of the ten bridesmaids waiting for the groom. It, it's the ten virgins that are waiting with with oil, ready uh, to to light their lamps when the bride or when the groom comes. And uh, there are ten of them. Uh, five were ready, five were not. When the bridegroom came, uh, the five that were not ready ran off to go buy more oil. They did not make it in, so to speak. And uh, verse ten says this. But that while they were away, uh, uh, they're busy buying the oil. The bridegroom, uh, or the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready uh, went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. This is very interesting to me that the door shuts, and then later the others, the other five, came back and they had their lamps ready and their oil purchased, and they they yelled out, "Open the door for us!" But Jesus said they re the reply would be, truly I tell you, I do not know you. 
And then it says, just like it did in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke, and other places in Scripture, therefore, keep watch, stay awake, because you do not know the day or the hour. I, I, to me, the application is clear. Uh, you have to know Jesus for your own. You, they couldn't share their oil, the bridesmaids. The idea is that you cannot make it to heaven by association. It has to be your faith in Jesus Christ. And I love that. And so the families that are watching and you've got kids, this is going to provide some opportunity for you to listen or to not listen, but talk with your family uh, after the message. Uh, talk with your kids about their faith. Talk with your neighbors, your coworkers, saying, hey, you know, we may, you, you may even work in a Christian office. But listen, just because you work in a Christian office does not mean you are a Christian or a Christ follower. It comes down to your personal decision. And the question is, whether you're a husband and a wife uh, working together, are you both ready to meet the Lord? Uh, are your are your other relatives, your neighbors, your closest friends, are you guys ready to meet the Lord? Are you ready? Because the promise is true. Jesus said he is coming again. In fact, on the very last page of your Bible, Revelation chapter 22, right before the maps, if your Bible has the maps, Revelation 22 in verse 12, this is Jesus speaking. He says, look, I am coming soon. Jesus is coming back soon. In verse 20 of the same chapter, it says, He who testifies these th things says, again, this is Jesus saying this, right? It, one verse before the end of the Bible, he said, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The truth is, is that Jesus is coming Jesus gives us just enough information in all this apocalyptic uh, uh, literature to make a good decision to put our faith in him. And Jesus, he is a God of love. He gives us his word. We can trust him. Yes, he's a just God. He has to judge. If, if he wasn't a uh, judge, uh, all of this wouldn't matter, right? Uh, but the point is that you do not want to miss the tribulation. Come to Jesus. It all comes back to Jesus. And I love that because that's where the hope is found. And there's absolutely hope. And the enemy would love to attack our hope and, and make you want to throw in the towel and, and you know discourage you. And especially with the question, is this the end? Well, we've answered that in this series. We do believe that we're living in the end times. We believe that Jesus is coming soon and there's nothing holding him back from the rapture of the church and then the tribulation, and then the second coming of Christ. And so are you ready? Are you ready? Are your friends ready? Your neighbors ready? Your co-workers? Those that you love? Even your enemies? <laughs> we have a responsibility to let others know. The other th question that we've been asking is not only are we ready, are you ready, but who are you telling about this? Hopefully this has stirred some conversation in your family. The Great Commission is still in effect today. 
And today we learn and we study this. We can share the good news. And we need to do it before the rapture, before that twinkling of an eye where God will come for his people. God wants to be found. God wants you to know his plan. And he wants to be known. And uh, we want to pray for you today. Today, as I close, and I just, I want us to be aware of these warning signs to be on guard. Eight times in Mark chapter 13. Stay alert, stay ready, stay watching. And today, I hope that this is a, as we close this series on the end times, that there's this resounding, uh, be ready, don't give up, and, uh, and stay the course. Uh, let me pray. Lord, I thank you for each person that's tuning in. And I pray in these next few moments, Lord, that we would be challenged to not only uh, grapple with our own salvation, but Lord, that we would be uh, heralds of your good news, letting others know that you're coming back for the church and we want to be ready. Lord, I pray that we would be passionate sharers of the good news. I pray this in Jesus' name. Before I go, if you're with us and maybe you're watching online, I can't see everyone that's been online, but if you're online and you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, or maybe you're away from the Lord and you really need to restore that relationship and be ready to be watchful again, I want to pray for you. I'm going to say a sinner's prayer. It's not the words of this prayer that really saves you. It's really you believing it in your heart. And so would you believe this prayer? Say you could say it after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me for all my sins. Come into my heart. I believe in you. I'm putting my faith in you. And Lord, I pray that you would help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, if you're saying, yes, that was my prayer, would you make yourself known? We would love to walk with you. We've got tools we can send you uh, in the mail or you can stop by after we're out of quarantine. And we would love to get those into your hand and let you know that you are, uh, are uh, loved and that we want to walk with you. This morning, as we conclude here in the next moment or two, uh, we just want you to know how much we care. I do want to give a quick update on my health. I know that some of you have been concerned and uh, you heard the notice or maybe you stopped by the church and you're like, hey, where is everybody? And then you jumped online. But uh, we, this last week, we had a couple of uh, positive cases of coronavirus, uh, that's COVID-19, and uh, including yours truly, uh, I ended up with it. Um, this last Sunday, so a week ago today, um, I preached two messages, and then I, uh, then I worked uh, uh, with the baptismal candidates, uh, which, by the way, we're so sorry to have canceled that today uh, or postponed that. Uh, but th then what I did, uh, and then I went for a nine-mile run in the rain with Jessica, and, uh, and on Monday I woke up uh, sniffily, feeling like I had a little bit of a cold. And I didn't think much of it, but I got called by another parishioner in the church um, that had similar symptoms, and his business 
uh, was requiring him to get tested. And so uh, his test came back with a COVID-19 positive. And so it, it prompted me to get tested as well. Uh, I did that on Wednesday. On Friday, found out that I was COVID positive. And because our staff was with me all week long, uh, the majority of our staff will be quarantining for the next two weeks. And so that's why we're online only this Sunday and next. And uh, But um, as regards to how I feel, um, I feel close to 100%. Um, I will be quarantining to my bedroom or I can be in my uh, in my own yard outside. And, uh, and so that's kind of the case. And, uh, but be praying with us, be praying with my uh, family. Uh, Jessica and Logan are quarantining as well. Um, they will be, uh, um, you know, away from school and, and others, other things uh, until the health department uh, deems them that they can be back in, um, in the world. Um, and it's just a, a crazy time. And so be praying with us. Uh, thank you for your prayers. Uh, support us with Team World Vision, if you would. Uh, be faithful in your tithes and offerings. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you in person in two weeks uh, for our mission encounter that will start October 25th. And without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, we love you. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, next week, we'll actually uh, uh, probably have some worship and a message. Uh, but to pull all those details together this week was going to be too much. So anyway, uh, we love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church. Church.